This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Alrighty, friends, welcome back to one of our most anticipated podcasts of the year. And this is a day where it feels like a celebration for me because I get to be surrounded by some real movers and shakers and influencers on me and our entire community here at the Ops Authority. But today we are going to have what we have deemed the State of the Union for Service Providers. This is going to be a two-part series, so make sure to catch us all the way through this week and then come back next week for the second part. I have pulled together some of the greatest women that, of course, there's some that are not able to join us today, but I've pulled together some of the women that are willing to come here and have joined and linked arms, like proverbial arms in educating other women and people who are in the same space as you, service providers, whether that's on the marketing side, whether that's on the operational side, but you've got a talent, a gift, a passion to serve other people. And you do this by performing a service for business owners. And so that's what brings a lot of us together. Now we can dive and kind of create niches underneath that, but large part today, this is for you. We really want to give back our learnings from this year and step into our leadership as people who have gone before, who are teaching and educating masses of people in the skills and passions that we have. So this is just, it's the end of the year. It's a great time to reflect on all the things. And I'm sure you guys are doing that just as much as we are doing that personally, professionally, as a leader in your business. And I just wanted to have a candid conversation right here. None of this is pre-scripted. We are here today just sharing our hearts and our minds with those of you guys who are kind enough to listen. As we dive in, if you are brand new here, my name is Natalie Gingrich. I am the founder of the Ops Authority. I'm also the creator and the author of the Director of Operations Certification Training Program. We are excited to help people up-level in their operational gifts and skills. And so we see a large amount, a large variety of people from different backgrounds because operations is the backbone of business. And so if you have enjoyed being in an administrative or operational role, we are likely going to be a great place for you to up-level and gain confidence, create a perfect offer for you to step into your next best self. You can always find us here on this podcast. If you're listening here, this is a great start. This is our number one place, my number one place to hang out. We come here every single week, but we're a little old fashioned. I think my peers are mostly on Instagram for the large part and we're there, but my attention has typically been in our Facebook group. So you can find us at theopsinsiders.com. And as we are looking at 2022 and wrapping it up, I can tell you the best part of 2022 was the fact that we took the time we had appropriated finances to creating and up-leveling our existing program. It was a massive project. So, you know, when I first created this program, we created it on my laptop, you know, screen recording myself. I edited every video. 
it was done. The information was transferred, but we were at the point where we really wanted to just provide a better experience. And so we went all pro on this. And let me tell you, (laughs) it was a very, very big project. And one we're super proud of. As an operator, we had dissected this. We project managed the crud out of it. And we're really proud of the end product that we were able to produce. The hardest part of 2022, which is, you know, I'm here today to be very, very transparent with you. The hardest part was was navigating the economy and the shifts in the economy. And you'll always find transparency here and with the rest of our community and peers that are joining me today. But this was not a typical year. Well, excuse me, it actually was a typical year. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit. It just wasn't similar to the years that we have had the past two years. So this year felt hard coming off of 2020 and 2021, still fruitful. And look at us, we're all still here. We're all still educating, chasing our passions. But I can't deny that it was a more challenging year than the years before. So really understanding the economy. And it stretched me. It stretched me to learn more about the economy. I'm kind of a dork and enjoy kind of the business part of that. But when you're running your own business, you start to see how the economy truly does affect you and, you know, what we're doing every single day. So I would say I grew up a little bit more in 2022 and learned a lot more about just the larger part of business and its impacts on me and all of the people who are in our community. It's not just me. It really trickles down. So You know, you're going to be able to listen to all of these other women's stories today and understand who they are and who they serve. But all together, collectively, we want to bring you our thoughts and give you a bigger perspective than just mine, you know, reflecting on 2022 and then looking forward to 2023. 2022 is interesting, as I alluded to, and I believe it's actually more representative of business than what we have seen in the past two years. 20 and 2021 were inflated years. We were privy to the ease of business like never before. And, you know, of course it came at a price, you know, and, and we won't get into the price of the pandemic, but, you know, there was a, there was a lot going on, but people were focused. They were inward. They were focused at home. They were looking at their growth and economically, they hadn't seen incredibly large hits. I think those large hits caught up to us in 2022. But as a service provider and someone who runs a business, 2020 and 2021 were big time blessings. Personally, we were able to scale this business in those two years at a pace that I don't believe we will ever see again, at least in the near term. So the pendulum swung, you know, I would say from 2018 to 2020 and 2021, it swung big time. And what we saw in 2022 we felt the hit of that pendulum going all the way up. And I feel like I'm bringing you good, realistic news and viewpoint in that I believe that pendulum is going to come back. Let's just give it like a 20%. We're not swinging all the way back, friends. Like we're not going back to 2020. And I want to be honest with you and just share where I'm coming from. But I think that it's going to come back a little bit in, in 2023, but it's not going to be as easy per se as it was a couple years back. So all in all, I believe that 2022 was more representative of what business is going to look like as we move forward. And you know what, guys? I always say business is chaos. Business is a challenge. Business requires leadership. Business requires you to be nimble. And 
friends, as an operator here, I am one of the least nimble human beings you know. I am extremely methodical and logical. So when I am required to be nimble, man, you know, it it makes me question sometimes how I'm going to be able to do this. And the only way I'm able to do this is to rely on other people, whether that's my mastermind, whether that's my incredible team, whether it's a peer circle like we have right here. But yes, I just want to tell y'all it's, Being in business is one of the proudest accomplishments of my entire life. It's also one of the hardest things next to a 20-year marriage that is wonderful and still challenging. And so your personal growth is going to be necessary forevermore if you choose to stay in the business game. The good news for all of us, if you're listening, I trust that you're a service provider and businesses continue to be built. Small businesses are thriving. And truthfully, those businesses the numbers, the masses that are being built are remote and online businesses. And that's awesome for all of us. As businesses are built and started and scaled, guess what they need? They need support. So lucky for all of us, we have got the ability to create something that you passionately believe in. You get to work with the people that you like and you prefer, and it's going to require you to get out there, to have these conversations. And I think as operators, that can be a very challenging or the most challenging part of being in business. But when you do something that you believe in, you're more empowered to stand up and to speak up just like I have, as well as these other women who are joining me today. So businesses are being built. Businesses still need support, regardless of how far that pendulum comes back. If it's 20%, 100%, 30, it doesn't matter. Businesses still need support. If you're building your own business right now, you can imagine if you haven't hired anybody to help you, you know the feeling and the desire of wanting to bring somebody in just to take a little bit off your plate. And so every single leader has that exact same feeling. So the good news is that people need what you have and that is going to always be something that will propel you through even the challenging points. Today on this podcast, on this episode, we're going to focus on 2022, what has worked and what opportunities we have as service providers. I want you to listen in to today's conversation with these incredible leaders and come back next week as we wrap up 2022 with these same ladies. And next week, we're going to be focusing on strategies for 2023 as a service provider. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest for today. My name is Sarah Noquette, and I'm the founder of OBM School. I specifically focus on working with existing online service support providers, virtual assistants, online business managers who are really focused on scaling their services and leveling up their offers to serve a higher end clientele. And we do this through helping our clients advance their skills and confidence in our six month accreditation program as well as those individuals who are entirely new to the online space, but recognize that they are in fact towing a ton of transferable managerial skills. And we work with those individuals inside our three-month online business manager accelerator. And you can find me over at obmschool.com. I think the best part of 2022 for me is that I have made a lot of really great relationships with a lot of awesome human beings in the last year, but I am so happy it's done because it has been a very wild year. And I think the hardest part of 2022 for me was just 
the mental capacity and I think the toll of the pandemic as a whole, it just felt very overwhelming in this last year. So I'm happy that it's behind us. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Emily Reagan. I'm a military spouse who stumbled into freelancing. It allowed me to bring work with me every time we PCS'd. So I started teaching my smart, overeducated, underemployed military spouse friends. A lot of them were stay-at-home moms, how to do the work that I was doing, which I am coining a unicorn digital marketing assistant because it's just someone who helps with the marketing tactics and strategies and implementation in the business. So I have a school, the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School that I am launching and opening once a year. And it is really for moms or even virtual assistants who know they want to do the marketing freelance work. I'm having the most fun over on Instagram once I got over myself over there and just rolled the camera. And you can find me at Emily Reagan PR. And the best part of 2022 for me was I actually had to redo my course and my branding. I had a trademark issue and somebody stealing my old course name. And it was a beautiful blessing. And I got to redo that and relaunch it. And I just had a six-figure launch. I have over 60 students in this live cohort right now learning digital marketing with me. The hardest part has been balancing it all. I am a practitioner, so I still do the client work and straddling having the scalable business and still wanting to play with clients has been really difficult. And I'm just, you know, walking learning lesson in that. Hey there, my name is Michaela Quinn and I help moms start their freelance business where they're able to earn 3K a month working less than 25 hours a week starting out. And I also help connect business owners to the top freelance talent through my hire form. So if you're listening and you either need to hire for you or for a client, hit me up. I have tons of free resources though, a podcast and my group program, the Live Free Academy. And the best place to check it all out is on my Instagram at Michaela.Quinn. The best part of 2020 for me, like Emily, was we updated our program. So at the very end of 2021, we I was working and updated everything, rebranded it, relaunched it, and it has been amazing. We added some great support elements for our students. And so that's been great. The worst part, <laughs> this is I feel bad saying this, but the worst part, we I had another baby. So I now have four kids here and like the stress from the pandemic and adding another baby and like things in the online world have shifted and slowed and having a baby in the middle of summer during the slowest season for me, man, that was challenging and finding time to do everything. So I'm very thankful for my team that supports me behind the scenes. Hello, my name is Melissa Froelich and I am a mom, a wife, and also a military spouse. And I started this online journey when I left corporate because I fell in love and met my thankfully now husband to follow him across the country for his career. So that landed me in the space of online entrepreneurship, which has ultimately been such a big part of what I'm passionate about now, which is helping women who are also online business owners figure out what their definition of success looks like to them and step further into that CEO role and figure out how to create a more aligned business for them and create a business that supports their lifestyle and not the other way around. So you can find me over on Instagram at Melissa Froelich underscore biz. That's where I tend to hang out the most or on my website at melissafroelich.com. Kind of hard to spell, but 
I'm sure the link will be in the show notes. And one of the best pieces of 2022 for me was leaning into my word of the year, which is allow, and just truly allowing myself to figure out what this next version of success looked like for me instead of forcing things, which many of us tend to do who are really high achievers. And the hardest part of 2022 was sometimes really living that and leaning into that word allow. We moved again as a military family for the second time in 365 days. And so although that was hard, it was also tied into the really good parts because it showed me that what I've built in my business was truly sustainable and the business continued to grow and thrive despite having those challenges. So I'm really excited to be here and thank you so much. Hey y'all, Jordan Gill here. And I run a business called Systems Saved Me. We help mainly service providers and strategists who want to build a life-first business with virtual VIP days. So we have a program called Done in a Day, and I am truly obsessed with being able to take someone's three-month project or monthly retainers and build a one-day version so that they can spend less time in the delivery work and more time being present with their family and friends. So one place you can find us is... Again, I would say Instagram. Uh, again, systems, plural, saved me. I love myself some good reels. My DMs be popping. So apologies in advance if it takes me a hot minute. But I do love to DM. I do love to do reels. That's kind of my jam. And I would say the best part of 2022 was, you know, after about two and a half years of selling one thing, <laughs> which takes a lot of discipline, <laughs> is that I've been able to play with new offers, which has been really fun. Not to say that that I, you know, obviously don't like my program done in a day anymore or anything, but after the discipline and the focus, after two and a half years, it felt like I got to kind of pop out and have some ideas and and some visionariness, I guess. And then it's also allowed us to take a hot second on the program side to revamp and rebuild instead of continuing to sell and revamp at the same time. So that's been super beneficial. And then the hardest part of 2022 was team dynamics. (laughs) You know, I love having a team. I truly, truly do. And I would say probably the biggest takeaway of 2022 is when hiring, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. I'm going to leave it at that. So I'm excited to be on the podcast and excited to share all the fun stuff that's been going on. Thank you, ladies, so much for introducing yourselves. I can't wait to dive into this. All righty. We have a couple questions today. And my friends, our peers, leaders in this space are going to be answering these questions candidly. And I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say, ladies. First question is, what has been or is working for service professionals right now? Melissa, if you want to kick us off. Sure. So I took a little time to think about this because there are so many things that are working. I want to start with that, right? There are a lot of things that are working, even though this has been a challenging year in so many ways. So one of the things that I see working for service professionals is leaning into treating their business like an actual business. So taking some of their energy and effort back and really looking at prioritizing their role as a CEO and figuring out who they are as an individual and what do they want so that there's like actual alignment in the services that they're offering. Because I think on the flip side, so many people are looking for long-term partnership in who they're investing in, right? So 
looking at what do I want as a service provider? Who am I as the business owner? Going back to something I know you're super passionate about, Nat, is core values and figuring out what does that alignment piece look like? And then do they have sustainable systems in their business, right? Is their business actually operating like a business? And looking at profitability, because that's a big piece of this is what you're doing working. And so I think once that piece starts to hit, then they're shifting or not and going all in on this is who I am. And then the confidence piece starts to pop out, right? So that's what I'm really seeing as something that's working. And then the other piece is learning to love in a way that works for them, marketing, right? I think that prior <laughs> prior to, and this isn't even my area of expertise whatsoever, but this is what I'm seeing. And I, I've experienced this myself, like learning to figure out how am I going to market in a way that is something I'm willing to do for the long term, trying different things, but realizing that even though your business may have done really well based on referrals, that's not necessarily the most sustainable marketing strategy as a standalone option, right? So people who are willing to get a little uncomfortable to figure out how to market their business, that's working. Emily, what are your thoughts? Hey, it's Emily here. Oh my goodness, I love that. And you had me kind of chuckling at the marketing piece because that's what I help with. But I want to bring it back to basics. What I see working right now, what has been working for service professionals is emotional intelligence. We were kind of talking about this before we hit record, this problem we're having in the hiring space, people like over-promising, under-delivering. I haven't met one business owner who's happy with an agency. There's a reason people are taking this work in-house and hiring as service providers. And that ability to have, I don't know, the interpersonal skills, right? Business owners want to hire somebody who cares about their business, who will show up as a strategic partner, who you've got to just really own these soft skills that make you different than everybody else. And I think a lot of people are promising that they can do this and this, but we really want the person who is the teammate, who's dedicated, who's organized, who has the special set of skills that make them different. And we're on like course overload right now. Anyone can say they took a course or they're certified or they've done this, but it's like the people who are really coming to the top are the ones who get results, do what they say they're going to do, have that work ethic. And I know we're kind of seeing that right now in this space with the quiet quitting and the great resignation and everything. But if you have the will to work, you will stand out in this space. If you do what you say, you will truly stand out. And I think sometimes, at least, you know, the men and women in my area, they're scared to start. They're feeling new. They're feeling like, well, there's all these other people who do it better than me. And really, I just want anyone listening to be encouraged. Like if you have that ability, like you will do well in this space. So yeah, I really feel like it's that excellence in what you do and how you serve it. It's okay not to be the best, but if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to adapt, if your teammate sees you trying, that's where the power comes from. Absolutely, Emily. And I love that you took us back to the basics. And I think too, I work with a lot of people that are just starting out and wanting to land clients. And when we're talking, I know a lot of your audience, Natalie, is more established. But when it comes to landing clients and whether you're needing to add in a new client or replace a client, whatever, or just getting started, go back to the basics. Who do you want to work with? Where are they hanging out? And how can you show up consistently in those places? Like you said, Melissa, what is the way, the marketing way for you that's going to work? With kind of following this the last couple of years of women in my program, 
Another thing that we've seen working with landing clients and who's hiring is the traditional brick and mortar businesses. The local service-based type businesses from therapists, chiropractors, I mean, plumbers, painters, like you name it. The online space has been booming, like online course creators with hiring freelance support for a while. And at least in my experience, that's where we've seen it always be who's hiring freelancers for my program. But in 2021 and definitely 2022, we've just seen that increase. So if you're struggling, you feel like, oh, the market's oversaturated. It is not. But maybe think about where can you go where it isn't maybe saturated. And we've seen that the local businesses, they might, might not necessarily know that you're available and you can help them. They might be thinking, I need a full-time employee. I don't have that budget, or I just have to do this myself, or they honestly might not even know that you exist. And so if you're wanting to work with kind of those, getting out, networking, finding those events to attend. If you love the Facebook group route for connecting with potential clients, there are local Facebook groups. If you search your community and small business or your community and entrepreneur, you're going to find a ton of places you can show up and give value and meet new business owners. And then just tell people. I had a student last week. She came on a coaching call and shared how she landed two discovery calls in the strangest ways. One, she was at a yoga class. She was telling her friend sitting next to her like before the class, oh, I'm doing this and blah, blah, blah. Lady sitting next to her is like, wait a minute, you do what? I need help. And then she was at a restaurant, did the same thing, talking with a friend, someone overheard her, stopped and was like, hey, did I just hear you? Got another discovery call that way. Like, There are people out there who need your help and support. So don't shy away. Find out who they are with the caveat that they need to be in a place to prioritize your investment and be willing to pay that. So you want to work with ideal clients, but also clients who have the ability to afford those services. Yeah. Thank you guys. Those are all super strong responses. And I know we could all, like I'm sure Jordan, myself... (laughs) And Sarah are like chomping at the bit to come in here to answer every single question. All of us are not going to answer every single one because it would really, you would really have to spend a lot of time with us today. So we're going to try to keep this concise. The only thing I would piggyback on with this is in the area of profitability. I think as Melissa alluded to, and all of you guys had a little piece that led to this, I think business owners just had to grow up this year. We had to start looking at our finances in a way that we should have always been looking at it, but people understand profit margin today. Business owners understand, it doesn't matter how big or small your business is, it is way bigger than how much you're paying yourself. And it doesn't matter the size of your team. It doesn't matter your offer. I think this year we all grew, and that is what is working, by the way. We, I want you know, everyone in our community, but I want you to have a healthy, sustainable business. And I believe deeply that the only way to do that is to really have an understanding of your finances. And part of that finances is looking at your profitability. And so thanks for bringing that up. And that piece can be woven into every single thing that was discussed. So Michaela had kind of taken us down that marketing path. And I want to expand with both Sarah and Jordan here on your perspective and your thoughts on how the market has changed this last year. And of course, looking at the service provider mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sarah here. And, you know, to me, I thought long and hard about how the market has changed from last year, because to be honest, 2022 just felt like a continuation of 2021 in a lot of ways. And I was like, huh, yeah, I mean, we definitely have to get real about profitability 
and take our finances seriously. And I think that that has been true for the last couple of years. And to me, I continue to see the market changing in ways that are amazing for online service providers because there are more clients. There are, you know, a lot of businesses that recognize the value of having a digital leg, a lot of traditional brick and mortar, quote unquote, offline businesses who are suddenly seeking out online business managers, directors of ops, virtual assistants, all the things we're seeing so much more of that. And quite honestly, to the point where I'm telling my students inside of OBM school, you need to really discern who is who from who these clients are, because, you know, it sort of feels like a lot of people, a lot of our clients are, you know, just sort of starting up willy nilly an online business and maybe not as good of a client for some of us service-based support providers because they don't have all of the other things in place, like a proven business model or consistent revenue or mindset for delegation. You know, they're missing key pieces. So there's, yes, a ton of clients out there, way more than there have been in past years, but we have to now discern the good from the bad. And I think the other thing that has really come up for me as a business owner is that, and we had alluded to this in our last sort of mini convo, is that Digital marketing has really changed. You know, it's no longer easy to acquire leads at really low, you know, low dollar values and have this ROAS and return on investment, return on ed spend. All of these things are, are a struggle now. And I haven't seen this in any way before. And this is really affecting how much our clients can afford to spend on things like team you know, where we come into the picture, you know, they're having to decide between hiring a team member or recognizing that, you know, what they traditionally have spent on their ads in the past few years suddenly is bringing in less than a third of what it was before. So digital marketing is becoming a little bit more complicated in light of all of these incredible SaaS products and online tools that are supposed to make our lives so much easier. You know, we're getting thrown these constant, new things to deal with. And I've been really feeling it. I see my students have been really feeling it. But the truth is, is that there is a lot more clients out there. There's a lot more opportunity, opportunity with local businesses. I was actually speaking with one of the mentors in OBM school, and she has recently found, like Michaela was saying, three local clients for her OBM business. And for her, she's never worked with clients locally So that's also been really interesting. I mean, for me, I've always worked with brick and mortar because I love the professional that's sort of migrating to that digital space. And I feel like I can share a lot of wisdom with them, but times have really changed in the last year for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm like over here snapping, hallelujahing on the the video. But so I loved what you said, Sarah. And I think that... I agree that the amount of money that it takes to spend on acquiring a client, a lead, a prospect is much higher in time, whether that is you are creating more reels, you're creating more content, and there's more time that that's going to take from you or more money when it comes to ad spend or partnerships that you're having to pay out certain percentages of affiliates to be an attractive affiliate program. You know, I think that 
because those are rising, then where is that money going to be coming from for businesses? And that may adjust hiring practices and even development costs, right? Of people joining masterminds or programs or things like that, because they're having to put that money elsewhere. And so I agree the market has changed in the last year in the sense of I actually am seeing such a bigger not push, but just highlight, I would say, on done-for-you service providers. To me, that's very exciting. And I'm sure to all of us, that's very exciting for our clients. Because again, the last two years, people have been wanting to learn more and wanting to soak in more and wanting to are cool with the DIY and done with you. And those are never going anywhere. And I'm not saying, you know, quit those. I Heck, I have both of those. So I would say that if you are a done-for-you service provider, like this is your time, (laughs) right? And so people are like, okay, cool. I'm done with trying to figure out marketing or I'm done with trying to figure out hiring myself or whatever the case is. Like I want someone to hire for me. I want someone to figure out my marketing for me. And so if you are somebody who is an implementer, is somebody who loves to do the doing, then I think this is actually a huge benefit to your favor And the people who are trying to like passive income it and say like deuces to the typical like funnel marketing setup, they're the ones that are going to be having some difficulties. And I think that there's going to need to be more conversations in the sales process. And that has people shaking in their boots. That has people scared because that isn't the passive income dream and that isn't the typical thing that people have been sharing. So, but I say for done for you service providers, this is your time to shine. Like, let's get you out there. All that sort of stuff. Yes, Jordan. I wrote a few notes as well. And conversations, you just said some of the exact same things that I have written down. So it's nice to know that I am surrounded by people. We don't necessarily have a group thing going on, but you know, my struggles, my observations, you know, all of us are like, if y'all could see us, we're shaking our heads. We are doing the snap over here. I want to give you two perspectives from my seat. And one is being a business owner and what this, what marketing, how marketing has changed for us and how I see us probably needing to change in the future. Sarah hit it right on the nail, right on the head. Paid advertising is just too hard. There have been so many obstacles. And for the first time, I've been in business now eight and a half, almost nine years, which is crazy because it really feels like a year or two. But in my time, we have always had somebody, a leader in the space, helping us to see what the next way to optimize or to get better or to grow in paid advertising. This is the very first time in, let's just say this decade, where there's no leader stepping forward and saying, hey, I've got a solution for you from a paid perspective. So what does that mean? It means for all of us, regardless of the type or model of business that you have, even for the clients that you're supporting, you are actually having to really develop organic methods inside of your business. So transparently inside of our business, we are taking 90% of our advertising budget that we have spent and we are moving it to a human to help us inside of whatever organic looks like for us. So I think the days of paying to win, paying to get ahead, I knew companies who would take out loans to be able to turn that over to Facebook or whatever it is. And guys, they would win. Those days are dead. They are gone. Now flipping to the people that I support for you guys that are listening to me today, if I'm telling you how the market has changed as it pertains to you building your business, 
one-to-one services and full-time employment, whether that is a contractor or an employee, guys, that's where it's at. That is where I kind of expected that this was going, when the whole great resignation thing was happening, I and you guys can listen to the State of the Union from last year and just go ahead and pat me on the back for being an incredibly intuitive human being. I knew that the resignation was happening, but I knew that that meant that with the economy in the way that it was, people were going to have to start looking for things that made them feel more stable and more secure. So even as a human and as an individual and you in your own business, you're looking for that stability So are the businesses that are providing opportunity, right? I am looking for creating a stable environment. And for me, that stability is looking at different types of employment. And so done for you, yes. One-to-one, yes. Like Jordan said, it is your time to shine. On top of that, if you are looking at full-time employment, that is, and again, that this can be a traditional employee role. This can be independent contractor. Of course, check your state for all of the right decision for you. But those opportunities are more available than I have ever seen in the past nine years. So I think we could talk about how this market shift has affected us all. And you know, stay tuned as we come back next week, because we'll be talking about that again. So this dives us right into our next question of employment opportunities and what shifts have you guys seen? We'll start with you, Emily. It's so funny you talk about this because I am in a very privileged position where I'm getting a lot of job openings that I share with my community. And so I do have a very you know, limited source of data here, but I am seeing the need for people who do implementation just to like round up what Jordan is saying. I mean, I know, love the business coaches and out there, but there seems to be a lot of people teaching strategy and just not enough people to help with the how, the actually how to do it. And the pandemic has really helped us, you know, move to online. I mean, this is old news. I mean, if the Pentagon could do it and send my husband home and they've been trying to do like remote work for a decade, like, all of the businesses are doing it. So we're seeing, I'm seeing everything. I'm seeing part-time contractor. I'm seeing some full-time positions. And if I can just stir the pot a little bit, I know there's some business coaches out there telling people to hire independent contractors, make them employees, and then run them ragged right now and pay them very little. And so I just want everyone to like, have your eyes open, like have your eyes open, like listen to your gut on here. And just because you're doing things remotely, it doesn't mean you need to devalue your services or give it away or just like take on all of the task and all of the scope creep that Natalie is like known for talking about. And I just, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's just so gross. Like this is, this doesn't mean we take advantage of people. And I mean, the opportunities aren't going anywhere. I mean, the virtual assistant world has just been increasing. I don't have 2022 numbers, but there's a 41% increase in 2020 alone. We see our community college now offering virtual assistant courses. I mean, it's becoming more mainstream, but it's also getting competitive, which kind of brings it back to my earlier answer about like standing out with excellence and emotional intelligence and bringing leadership qualities to it. But I mean, I'm kind of curious what will happen because this whole e-learning market is a big part of the jobs that I get. I get a lot of course creators, membership site owners, people trying to add other revenue streams to their businesses. And I mean, it's projected to hit 350 billion by 2025. So, I mean, we just see like upward opportunity here. And really, I think that this is an opportunity for you to make it your own. I mean, I see so much need for marketing, but also very niche services when it comes to 
copywriters who only do case studies or video marketers who only do TikTok. And so I just really feel like the world is your oyster. And I want to encourage everyone here listening to not give it away and not devalue yourself because someone else is (laughs) just because there's more demand. If you bring those soft skills that we talked about to the table, then you're going to stand out and you can charge for that. That is so true, Emily. So Sarah here and I mean, that was really scary when you started talking about how people are scooping up contractors, making them employees, and then running them ragged. I was like, because, you know, we've been seeing that, unfortunately, for a while as an online business manager. Part of my glorious job is that I eventually become obsolete and usually replaced by not just one, but usually two employees. So I definitely seen hints of that. And I think this goes back to, unfortunately, that a lot of these entrepreneurs in our space are sort of successful despite themselves in that they don't have the actual business know-how, the actual, the word is not coming to my mind, but you know what I'm talking about. They just, they are missing those certain things that, you know, they understand the financials, they understand the marketing, they understand the team. They're just missing the acumen. That's what I was looking for. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. So I've seen a lot of those shifts myself as well, but The other thing that I've seen, and I see this a lot because naturally as someone who works with OBMs, I'm looking for women who are coming out of careers where there's a ton of transferable skills. And what I've noticed, and obviously this isn't a big shocker to those of us, especially if you've listened to our State of the Union from last year, but a lot of people are still getting laid off. And a lot of these women are then turning around and like literally had a conversation with somebody just before this call. And I was interviewing her for a day in the life of an OBM, which we've been doing for years. And she started her business smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. And it was so interesting to me because I'm like, really in the middle of the pandemic, usually you're before, you know, way after, but to get laid off in the midst of the middle of everything, and then to finally be thrown into this online space. But, you know, she's looking back on all these years that she wasted. And like, what could have been? And I was like, okay, well, let's not go there. But I do see this as being a big opportunity still for a lot of women stepping into this place. And just the opportunity is there, whether you are a freelancer or an employee, there is never going to be a time where done for you is not hot AF. I know I'm not swearing on this podcast, not dropping any F-bombs here today, but done for you. Like, I think sometimes if I were to you know, we have those moments where we're like, what would I do if I were to start my business over again? And I was speaking with somebody who's very well known in our industry. And she was like, oh, I just go back to my done for you. You know, everyone always needs that. People are always willing to to spend money on things that will get them back more time because we ain't getting more time in this life. And I think people, especially post-pandemic, recognize the importance and value their time. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. I want to say the employment opportunity shifts that I have seen are actually for strategy, which is a little bit different than where Emily was coming from. And it's probably just the different avatars and people that we're working with. But as businesses continue to scale at a more rapid pace, typically the greater attention that they are needing. And as leaders, they're looking for a right hand and for support. This is not coming from a selfish perspective. It's probably just a difference in the size of business that we're working with. But I see a big 
big, big need for strategy. And that is sometimes an ongoing strategy. And a lot of times it looks more directly and closely to what Jordan has taught and how she's been able to influence the market with coming in with a strategic day or a VIP day and sharing strategy in a short compressed timeline that the business owner can then implement and integrate into their businesses. So I agree that if you've got the strategic muscle, usually strategy comes down to having, it's more about leadership than anything else. I hear people all the time who are like, yeah, I can't be a strategist. There's so much imposter that comes with just standing up as a strategist and you can be an implementer and still have a lot of strategy. Every single one of us is and was an implementer at some point, right? You don't just like hop into strategy world, right? Most of us straddle that for the rest of our lives. Like we're all doers and thinkers and independent. And so I just want to encourage you that if you've got intellectual property, if you've got leadership, if you've got a process, ladies, you can become a strategist. You already are a strategist, but own it, claim it, share it, get paid what you're worth and know that that is available to every single one of us who is listening to this right now. We have directors of operations in our program who prefer to continue with the implementation because that's what brings them joy. There is no one way to do any of this. All six of us who are sitting here on this Zoom screen right now have done this differently, continue to do this differently, innovate in different ways, And all of us are going to be able to do that. So, you know, I think all of us can agree that the best way to grow is the way that aligns best with you and not to copy your friend, your neighbor, the person that you feel is a role model in your space, an icon, a guru. It doesn't really matter. I am influenced by every single person that is on this podcast today, but I don't want their business. I don't want to market the way that they do. I don't want to serve who they do. I have my own way. And it is so easy sometimes to look right and left and up and down and feel like I'm missing the mark, to feel like I am behind, to feel like I want to copy what they're doing because it just looks so great on the outside. I know these gals, (laughs) ain't nothing easy about any of this, right? It comes with sticking to it. I know that when I have felt at the most liberty and the most ignited about what I'm doing. It really comes down to Natalie, stay in your lane, do what makes you happy. What fires you up? Who is that? And when I chart my own course, it may not always come out the best. I mean, there's always opportunity for course correction, but when I follow the path that feels best to me in my heart and my mind, I feel successful even against a setback. So know that you have got a ton of opportunity. And the way that you want to build this, of course, that comes back to the marketing conversation and how you're going to get out there. And of course, you need to have your own pattern and your own style of doing that as well. We can all tell you the ways that have worked best for us. And I'm going to be that annoying leader that pushes you to say, what works best for you? Who cares how Jordan or Michaela does it? That's what works for them right? They may be the perfect extroverted blah, 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 blah. And you may be completely opposite. And that's not necessarily a true statement, but you guys get to do it your way. And I'm always going to encourage all of us, the people in my community, the people that are listening today, and even my peers, do the way that works best for you. The employment opportunity that you build and that you feel passionate about is the one that actually works for you. 
Let's wrap up our very last question. Thanks for hanging out with us so long today. I hope that this is really impactful and insightful to hear from various people, but we'll wrap it up today with the question, what is the biggest obstacle that you're seeing our service provider community struggle with? Jordan? I would say messaging, 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 because I am borderline obsessed with messaging. I will do all sorts of creeping and question asking and whatnot to really understand the language of the people I'm trying to reach. And so people are like, oh my gosh, like you just know like what everyone is. And I'm like, you want to know how many messages or like reels with different hooks or email subject lines or podcast episodes that I have done to figure out what is the message that resonates because it's a lot. (laughs) Okay. And so if you don't have that, you don't need to be as obsessive of me. I think it's semi dangerous, but have a mini obsession about your messaging and don't be afraid to try things. And if it doesn't work, then cool. Never say it again. Right. There's so many things that I've tried and thrown out there that people don't engage with. People don't say anything. I don't get replies in my emails. And that's great because then it's like, okay, great. That can go in the no pile. And I already know a list of 10, 20 things that I could name off that I know is going to cause a reaction to my people because I know from trying and experimenting, like something that I know is tried and true is if I ask the question, either in an email, a real Instagram, whatever, if I ask the simple question of what are you tolerating right now? Fires, fires ablaze. Like we get email replies, we get all of this stuff. Take it if you want to, I don't care. But I know because I've tested that. And so it's like, okay, every so often I'll see that in there. If I'm needing a little bit of a a reaction and some engagement and it works every time, but I'm not going to ask every single day of every single week, what are you tolerating right now? Right? So messaging, become mini obsessed about it, experiment, whether it's an email, whether it's in social, whether it's in wherever you are, experiment with different messaging opportunities. And then when you find one, bury it over here in the little yes pile and use it sparingly throughout the year, throughout the months, all that stuff. Okay. I love that Jordan led with that. And I promise we didn't plan this whatsoever. So as many times as she said messaging, I want to say mindset. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, messaging, yeah, I know I need to work on that. And that is just hard for me, or that's overwhelming, or that's not my jam. All the things that are coming up, that is your mindset, okay? I'm a certified mindset coach because all the strategy in the world was not going to move my business ahead at the speed that it could if I didn't dial in my mindset. And so I talk about mindset with every level of business owner. So whether you're starting, whether you've been doing this for years, like mindset is the thing that holds people back from whatever the thing is. The thing is never the thing, right? And so when we start to peel that back, like what stories are you telling yourself? And then we can bring that back to the economy. Are you showing up as somebody who trusts that what you've already built is going to carry you forward? Because entrepreneurship is not a straight line. We know that it's a journey. It's an experiment. It has ebbs. It has flows. What is going to carry you through those dips and those hard times and the unknown is going to be dialing into that growth focused mindset. And the bonus here is it's completely and totally free to work on your mindset. There are so many resources out there galore. So yes, work on your messaging and work on your mindset because it'll make your messaging 
even easier or whatever the thing is that is feeling hard for you. You guys just set me up so nicely. I was going to talk about mindset too, because the number one obstacle that I see my people struggle with is their fear. And especially that what if, like, and once you have one of those, what if thoughts, I call it the downward spiral. It's like, what if this, what if this, and then and it just keeps going and going and going. And I notice the same pattern in myself when I'm trying something new or whatever, doing something different in my business or putting myself out there in a new way. It's like, what if, what if this doesn't work? What if no one comments? What if no one shows up? And so what I found to really help me take action despite having those fears is just first sitting down and naming like, okay, what am I afraid of? What is holding me back? Like, what is it actually naming it, evaluating it, looking at, okay, could this happen? For example, someone who I was talking with who was like, I'm on the fence. Like, what if I don't land a client? What if I do land a client and I make a mistake? And so, okay, like this is good. We're naming these things. Now evaluate it. What is the likelihood of you not landing a client? Well, you're going to face some rejection. Okay. That's going to happen. Or the mistake thing. You're probably going to make a mistake. Okay. So name it, evaluate it. And then so what? So what? So what are you going to do with this information? You're going to face some rejection. Don't let that hold you back. We all get rejected every single day, but we also get yeses. And we, we, when you stay consistent and you move forward and you learn from those moments of rejection or what have you, you move forward. And then for the making a mistake, so what? So you fess up, be honest. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your business either. I make mistakes constantly. There's women on my team who have made mistakes. And I think we put ourselves in this like place of if someone's paying me, I have to be perfect. No one's perfect. I'm not trying to advocate for less than stellar service, but don't let that fear of a hypothetical hold you back from taking action. So good. I think at the end of the day, what I'm hearing from all of you guys, and I deeply believe in is just trust yourself to test it out. Trust yourself to test it out over and over and over again. I've been in this game. We've had the certification for four years. My messaging continues to be a work in progress. And to Jordan's point, we gather so much data today that I didn't even realize I needed in year one of doing this. And it's that data. It's the honest conversations. It's just all of those things come back to helping me to be more confident in testing it out. But you know, this is that nimble part that I alluded to earlier in our conversation. It's hard to be nimble. For me, I get more confidence in being nimble when I get data, when I have the support of conversations and am able to attach humans to it. But you have to trust yourself to test it out over and over. That's the name of the game in being in business. Business is nothing more than multiple decision points over and over. And some decisions are going to be positive. Some are going to be neutral. Some are going to be negative. And the great thing is if you keep testing, the negative becomes positive over and over and over. Alrighty, friends. I hope that this has been really fun to listen to. I wish you guys could all be here with us because I know we're having a great time. I hope you guys join us next week for a continuation of this conversation. And I know I speak for all of us as we're wrapping this up today. We wish that you take a little bit of time today to celebrate the wins that you have had in 2022. 
Yes, there are always going to be, you know, hardships and difficulties when we look in retrospect or back into reflection. But at this moment, as we're wrapping this up, I want you to take just 10 minutes right now and list off five to 10 things that went well for you this year. We're all high performers. We're so critical of ourselves. And I want to give you the opportunity to just think about the wonderful things that you've been able to instrument in this 365 days of being the leader of you, the leader of your family, the leader of your business, the leader of all the things and the hats that you wear. I'm really proud of the work that you do. And so are these women that are here together and collectively, we are making an impact in ways we probably didn't even think was possible when we were younger in our 20s and maybe even our 30s. And today we're really just paving a new path and being able to be our fullest expressions in our personal and combining that with our professional life. So service providers all day long, and we are so proud of the work that you do. I hope that you take a second to look in reflection at all the great things that you've been able to do, but make a physical list. I'm going to tell you, make a physical list of five to 10 things that you really kicked arse on this year. Like I want to see that list. I would love for you to share them on your Facebook or Instagram profiles, wherever it is that you hang out and take a second to be proud. Share it with your spouse or your significant other. Show your team. What are the things? How did you make a big impact this year? And none of us do it alone. So congrats on having and surviving 2022. 2023 is coming right at us. And join us next week on this podcast to hear some strategies for service providers as we dive in to the next big year. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.